Why is it clicking in my ear? No, my metronome song. That's my metronome song. That's my metronome song. Wow. Sound check. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Coming in with energy this week. That's the game plan. That's all we're doing. And more mic problems. And more mic problems. <laughs> this is the Nightmare Box. Presenting Mistakes Were Made with Brett Blue and Kristen Pennington. The people who run this whole shit show. <laughs> Why the Mistakes Were Made name? Well, um, we decided it the other day. Right? Like it was a, a thing because we've been having so many issues with this between being too drunk to do it, only having one microphone that only half worked, and two mics that only one of them worked. Uh, well, I guess right now we're back in the exact same situation we started out on when we got fucking day, but we thought we had this shit pulled together. We did not, son. We did not, not in the slightest. Because mistakes were made. Because mistakes were made. <laughs> did everything right, it felt like. Went on a walk, checked all the equipment. Everything was running fine. Then it all fucking fell apart. I think it was technically my fault because it was working, and then I shifted your cord over the laptop because I was like, oh, I'm going to get out of the way so it's not a trip hazard, and then it died. <laughs> so that might have been my bad. This is the Mistakes Were Made podcast. This is going to be our introductory podcast, so if you're coming back and you're listening 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now when we're, you know... Hopefully better at this. <laughs> hopefully at least good at podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> You can kind of get an understanding of how this whole situation started. So we've recorded, what, like six to eight of these things so far. Not all this specific thing. Do I? I said not all this specific thing, though. Some of them are just ones we haven't released yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going to have to throw some sort of compilation of our greatest fuck-ups in. Oh, God. <laughs> At the end oh, of the show. That'll be rough. You know, do a whole bonus episode for them. Um, but what we're doing with this show is I'm a writer, and Kristen is a filmmaker. So we met in college um, where I graduated with a BA in creative writing and you... Have a BS in video and film production. Goddamn right. And... Um, we took a screenwriting class together in college. That we did. We took a screenwriting class together that ended up um, with the dolls being made, which was our first project mm -hmm. that we did together. Which is a short film online. You should go check it out. You should definitely go check it out. And then out. you should go buy Brett's book. Yeah, nightmarebox. Is it calm yet? I think it's blog. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that official yet. Mistakes were made. Cheers. <laughs> um, we're recording this on St. Patty's Day. Uh, this is the first drink. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, so we're doing really good for St. Patty's Day, but so chips ahoy, my mates, or you know, whatever, whatever the Irish folk do. <laughs> I'm claiming my whole whopping, I think it's less than 20% Irish to mm -hmm. make this my holiday. You got 10 dads? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? Ah. Uh... Oh, God. See, now you're putting the big question on me. That's not That's not the fair. big question. I asked you <laughs> six not, times on the walk. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, what's the idea behind the podcast? Like, what creatively interests you? And Well, should we talk about, do you think, like, the Nightmare Box as a whole? Or do you think we should try to dive into the, the show itself? Like, what do you, what, what part are we? I don't have any show notes. That's the name of the fucking show. <laughs> 
And the nightmare box as a whole, because that's where it starts, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like to view it, and I've had, we've had this conversation a bunch of times while we were dealing with the audio issue, so I've had some time to think about it now. Uh-oh. And I think it's a collaborative think tank. That's the like way that. I've been thinking of viewing it. So I write a screenplay, and I have no idea how the director is going to view that, how the lighting person is going to view that, how the audio person is going to view, like the different scenes and stuff within, mm -hmm. the, um, within the film. And so it helped me a whole lot when we were doing the dolls for that college project to be able to um, stand by on the set with my pen and paper and watch how the actors kind of moved around, watched how you handled things. You did things I wouldn't have thought of, like catering services, like getting food for yeah, these you gotta, people. you got to feed people to keep them happy yeah. if you're not paying them. <laughs> you got to get certain <laughs> Otherwise shots. they revolt at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to get certain shots in um, to get the right lighting and things. Like I... In my brain, I'm like, it's all daytime. We're going to shoot it at night. You know? Like, it's all 45 degree angles. Yeah, we'll just like have a, all the neighbors stand outside with flashlights and we get that good dawn look going, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there were things that I wasn't even kind of considering, the limitations on your end. And likewise, um, don't let me speak for you. Uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm all fucked up on this. I don't think that you've had the writer on set before, right? You've never it's been not this traditional. intimate in that yeah, process. No, it's definitely not traditional. A lot mm -hmm. of the time, the writer gives up um, a lot of their rights to have input when someone buys their script. So I personally have worked on a fair number of other film productions mm -hmm. and I don't think I've ever met any of the writers that have ever written not anything. No, like not on any of the like productions I've done for other people. Are you saying that we're, we're breaking new ground? I think I might actually not even have even literally known who the writers were on any of the films that I've worked mm -hmm. on. That's how uninvolved writers end up getting to be a lot of the time. And there's a massive disconnect there. You know, I think a lot of that kind of comes out of like the traditional model of how a person's supposed to make a film, you know, like the people that taught us in school and stuff, they were trained their whole life. You need to get the big production company people to pour all the money into your pocket and you can live or the writers on my side of the fence, you know, from the school who are saying you need to get this sent to a publishing house. You need to have an agent who'll be able to do, you know, the whole job for you. Yeah. And what I think we're finding out is that's not necessarily the case now. 2019 we can kind of play the game with our own rules so we can be the writer and the director we're trying to involve more people in the situation i want other writers that are willing to step forward and come through to be able to help me produce it you know like a weekly story i want other screenwriters to come through so that we can all work together for like a bi-weekly or a monthly short film yeah. I want painters and people that make funny uh, lamps like Shelby, you know? <laughs> I think the thing that's interesting about that is, um, I mean, it's not true of everyone, I'm sure, but a lot of people, I feel like in the film industry especially, um, have that director mindset where mm -hmm. they're like, I want to be the person in charge and this is my movie and you know I'm the one doing it and I have made my own short films where I literally directed it um uh like shot it like mm -hmm. did the lighting like literally one man band of the whole thing 
So not to say that that's not doable, but um, film is very much a, a team effort medium. And um, granted, there are a lot of very successful directors in the world where you can see a movie and know that that's that person's film without mm-hmm. ever seeing their name on the screen. Cause, like you know a Tarantino. Yeah, or a Kubrick. Like they have a very distinct style. And... Um, I'm not discrediting that by any means that are, you know, amazing directors, but um, I think a lot of, like, younger and newer mm-hmm. directors or even lower-budget film directors, like, have that mindset of they want to break out and be the next big name and everybody sees their movie and recognizes that it's their movie. And I don't... Like, it's not... Ever. Well, it, it's, it's not an individual... Yeah, there's not an individual person Mm -hmm. who makes these films. It's a massive team effort. It's not even, like, on a small scale. Like, you you have, you know, 50-plus people, like, making these films that are, like, a regular daily part of the crew. And I do think that that's what is kind of unique about what we're doing is... You know, at the end of the day, if I'm the director, yeah, I guess technically I'm the one calling the shots and it is, I guess, my film and, like, I get the final say. But having that option to have the insight of another creative individual that's an integral part of the team, like, hey, like, when you wrote this, like, what were you thinking or a lighting person, like... I'm lighting is not my forte by any means like talking to a lighting person or a sound person and being like hey like how do you think we can best evoke this mood or whatever like having the inside of other people that are more qualified at those individual areas of like that medium is helpful and I think it gives it a more intimate feel and I'm not saying that the dolls is the greatest thing that you know it is but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it is you you asked me a lot like how do you think that like what were you actually mm-hmm. instead of just looking at the words on the paper and having absolutely no take on it when we were standing in the room you were saying okay pretend you wrote this for this room how would you bring the camera in mm-hmm. and some of it you used some of it you didn't use you took your well, you artistic didn't. liberty with it but it felt really cool as the writer to be able to go I'm smoking a cigarette with the character I wrote a year ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and even with our DP, like I'm not the person who actually shot the dolls. We had a fantastic DP named Destiny. Even with mm-hmm. our DP, like a lot of the shots, like she would ask me like if I was okay with it or what I thought. And I'd be like, well, what do you think? You yeah. know? Cause like it's, like I said, it's a team effort and it's, I think important to consider the insights of your team as a whole versus just I'm in charge. This is my movie. So I I think that's, what's really cool about what we're doing is everybody is on an equal playing field because everybody's equally important to the project. We can get to the place and we want to get to the place where we have two, three writers that are on the set. We want two or three filmmakers that are on the set. We want two or three people who, you know, just do lighting or just do audio. If you know how to produce a podcast, for the love of God. Help us out. (laughs) Fucking get me there. We're struggling. Yeah, it's frustrating. I don't understand computers, and I just dove into this. Like, I'm done <laughs> with like literally everything else in my life. That sounds awesome. So but you made it. a pretty incredible intro song. I that did was make all a you. really good intro song. And then we changed the name, and so now I need to, like, come up with the Mistakes Were Made intro Well, it doesn't say song. the name. I, oh, oh, 
it should. So like if again, if you know how to do that, dear listener, and you want to be a part of the Nightmare Box, if you want to make the intro song to the Mistakes Were Made podcast, be my fucking guest. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep the one that we have. I like the Because I would like to have a couple of podcasters if anybody else is interested. Not with my equipment and my laptop. I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know enough about it. And this thing was very expensive. So <laughs> I would prefer that, you know, you, you, if you want to do it here, do it here. But um, anyway. Um... No, if we have a bunch of podcasts, I'm going to use the Nightmare Box intro and be like, presented by, and then you can do your own. Anyway, <laughs> brainstorming. Back to uh, what we were talking about. Put me back on the tracks here, Kristen. Uh, we were just talking about what the Nightmare Box was. Um, specifically, like, I guess we may have touched on that a little bit already, but narrowing it down to the podcast, like, why do you like what do you what value do you think there is in having a podcast about like what we're doing well i think that there was definitely a benefit to going to school mm-hmm. or at least that's what they keep telling <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself that's true trying to convince myself i learned more i think from the people in those creative classes, like creative uh, writing workshops. I learned more from people who gave a shit and wanted to be there than you know, I could from a professor who's trying to teach maybe 30 people and 29 of them don't give a fuck, you know? And I could definitely have them. condensed down to a 45 minute lesson. Yeah. Like it's once like, or twice yeah, a week. And it has to stay on the rails. You know, what I liked was like walking in on like a Thursday afternoon and I had maybe 30 people, five of them gave a shit and like those five people would be like, hey, I really liked this and I really liked that and what if we did this and what if we, and like we're kind of watching the way a story would change but I want to be able to do it with, with everything creative, you know? Like I would love to have painters showing other painters different skills that they've recently put together writers showing writers filmmakers showing filmmakers podcasters teaching podcasters like nobody knows exactly what the fuck we're doing and nobody looks at it the same way before we met you weren't a huge horror buff like that was never really you were a lord of the rings gal i i made one or two short films that were the PG version of your level of horror. <laughs> and now you're wrapped up in a relationship that's completely built on zombievers. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the nice thing about it, though, is I, I think when you go to school or you read, because um, I read a lot of books about filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, when you read, like, published books or you go to school and, like, are being taught by someone that's at a more professional level than you, it's more focused on like the rules, like what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And um, part of what I think is going to be cool, we haven't really like hit that point where we're talking about our own films too in-depth or your own mm-hmm. stories too in-depth, but what I think is going to be cool about having a podcast about it is um, like the dolls, for instance, you know, going back to that, like I learned a lot of like weird, quirky things, like how to do certain special effects or you know, how we could somehow manage to 
chainsaw down a door <laughs> without chainsawing down the door that we were trying to pretend yeah. chainsaw down and chainsawing down a door in an adjacent <laughs> building to where the scene was taking yeah place, and but... somehow make it look like it had all happened in the same room yeah. like there's a lot of like trial and error and we're kind of stumbling around and learning like what boundaries we can push mm-hmm. and where we're fucking up and yeah. Sometimes the fuck ups turn out to be brilliant. So, like, it's not just like, this is what you're supposed to do. It's like learning, uh, you know, from our mistakes. What you're saying is mistakes were made. (laughs) They weren't all bad mistakes. What's the painter name? Bob Ross? Just happy little trees. (laughs) Bob Ross would be proud of me. Bob Ross would be very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I think you've done a fantastic job. Thank you. Um, dead air um, no it's not dead air you know why it's not dead air just in the process of trying to figure out how to podcast after doing this six times without putting any of them out because we had we I, not we you learned how to edit audio I did you well, I, I, knew, I knew how to well, edit like audio from, band yeah, and, yeah. And I learned how to specifically edit podcasting audio, yeah. <laughs> which was It was seamless. <laughs> you cut out like a 35-minute tirade where I was talking about <laughs> taking out my third grade teacher. You were like, that is way too violent. <laughs> but for the audio listeners, I'm keeping some of my rants in the future. So if you're so, not no, into... I just have to make it This past. is my trigger warning for the rest of whatever I do for the rest of my life. Just keep this one on a loop. I just have to make it past the um, submitting it and getting Apple to accept it. And then once we're in there, we're in there. So you can rant away. Do they listen to it? I don't know. I have no idea. If they listen to it, we're fucked. Well, (laughs) after you get approved, I think they start going up automatically as you Mm. post them. So maybe they listen to the first one. I don't know. I think you just got to like name it something other than like. You know, Jew haters, oh. Tuesday, or shit like that. <laughs> I already St. Patty's Day. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I can't name it that. Stakes were made a nice, like, PG title for I'm incapable uh, of doing a PG. Yeah. <laughs> for a podcast that won't be remotely yeah, PG. A, a, a horror writer and a the girlfriend of the horror writer who makes horror films and it's just like <laughs> gotta treat it like the workshop don't take anything too personally people have never done this before I'm not all that comfortable talking into a microphone gonna say some weird shit <laughs> in one ear out the other ear I love you guys uh, <laughs> but what else should we talk about oh dead air some segments yeah uh, we don't have a whole bunch of segments. I can only think of one segment, and it's Kristen's big question. Oh, come on. No? Did we come up with any other show? <laughs> I'm, I've got one segment, and I'm sticking to it. came up with a title yesterday. No, Two Star, <laughs> two star Tuesdays. Oh, That's a oh, segment. That, 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 I, I completely, in my head, that was a whole other podcast no. we were doing on Tuesday. <laughs> um, so Kristen's big question, and then I'll do that because it'll be easier to explain the first one. I don't feel like I agreed to Kristen's big question. You didn't, but it's question. happening. You do it against your will all the time. Seems to be that way. Yeah. Kristen has this moment uh, in all of our attempts so far where oh. there's a lot of dead air, and instead of like something light, where she's like, I'm not like, how's your day like, going? She's like, so, uh, what'd you have for dinner today, or what are we doing for dinner tonight? You know, like, 
It's always like, so, uh, who hurt you? And <laughs> what are you doing 10 years from now? Where do you see your life? Where do you see your... No, I asked What you. are you going to uh, ask you your write? children to name your grandchildren? I asked you why you write. Yeah, it's a complicated question <laughs> for creative people. Why do you write? It's like, I don't know, but I don't talk about it. What's the meaning of your life, yeah. Brett? Yeah. <laughs> it was the first time you had a fucking... Existential crises. <laughs> so yeah, apparently. So the, I'm adding that. I, I get one question to harass Brett with. I think that it would be. It, it doesn't have to be like super deep or super dark. It could be hilarious, but I think it would be really funny. Brett, why is the sky blue? You can do better than that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Earth is flat. Uh, quite frankly, that's why the sky is blue. Because. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to give you the actual answer to that question, and I was like, I don't even know how many layers to the atmosphere there are. <laughs> but you crushed me I in Jeopardy. I was going to name them in order. I had confidence enough to think I'd be able to get away with that, and I didn't. But you crushed me at Jeopardy. I did crush you at Jeopardy, and by crush, I mean I got six or seven questions right in the 25 minutes. You got so. seven, and I got six. <laughs> <laughs> and they were probably at least 50 questions. <laughs> It's like, fuck you, Alex Trebek. No, no, but, no. Uh, I love you, Alex Trebek. If you are the only person listening to this podcast right now, I hope you beat pancreatic cancer. Aww. It was heartfelt. No, I just meant off, like that he has it. But he's definitely thought about it. He's spent his life asking me questions. You don't think he ever questioned himself. <laughs> <laughs> so two, two Star Tuesdays? Two Star Tuesdays. Two Star Tuesdays is going to be our other segment that we're going to do. Um, which we've got one in the chamber that we're in the process of doing the audio edit for. It was supposed to come out this past week, but we're hoping to get it out. Um, if you're hearing this, you probably already heard that, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Well, we've got to do the approval process, too, and that could yeah. take a couple of weeks. So it will be out yeah. soonish. We're getting a little jammed up. Um, God damn. We'll finish this and then remind me. Do I have a notepad? Uh, I don't have a notepad. I got jeans. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> uh, the film, well, the concept behind Two Star Tuesdays is that we are finding films on Netflix that other users have rated. We, we've fudged it a bit to less than three stars. Like, our hope was to stick to two stars, but we found some two and a half, two and three quarter reviews that have been fun to drink and entertain ourselves too yeah. well, <laughs> so less than three star films on netflix that are everything you could hope they would be <laughs> well it, it, the concept of it started because as we uh, you know briefly touched on earlier like a lot of our relationship is built on this film that used to be on netflix called zombievers which is everything you could imagine a fucking the, what it should be no, the thing you, that cracks if you me like up. the name you'll love the film the thing that cracks me up is that you always say that, but then you never expand on it. So it's like, what about zombie versus your relationship based on? Well, it was the first gift that I bought you. It was a oh, tiny zombie versus poster. It was like the like when we were still in that awkward getting to know each other dating phase. It was like our thing. A we whole start... movie about eating pussy. Well, except we, it was radioactive no, beavers. We... 
We started watching <laughs> shitty B-horror films because we had a conversation about the fact that Brett used to write reviews about them as mm-hmm. like kind of a almost comedy bit on his uh, website because it was like, let me tell you why this shitty film is shitty in a funny way. Yeah, but, but um, let me also tell you why it is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I, I told him I had a guilty pleasure for watching super shitty uh, horror and sci-fi films. So then it was like this connecting point in our relationship where we started with zombie birds and then just spent <laughs> weeks on end watching terrible oh, films. Uh, months. Easy. I think it was like three months where it was terrible like, we films. can't communicate with each other. So we're just going to watch... I don't know, Monkey's fucking Space Part 12. Was it, what was the zoo one called? Do you remember? God, what was the zoo one called? It was like a zombie movie, too. It was Zombievers, but like in the... Uh, Zombies. Zombies. Was that it? It might have been... No, Zombies, I think, were like uh, little fucking oh, beanie shit. bear things. I don't know. It was, it was a terrible Zoombies? zombie zoo movie. Zoopocalypse? No. I... Was it Zoopocalypse? I thought it was Zoombies. We'll have to look it up and we'll tell you guys next week. But, uh, the yeah, no. We fell in love with the... It's so hard not to laugh your ass off. Like, if you're really nervous and you're starting off a relationship, I don't know what kind of person you are. You might not be this kind of a person. I would uh, say get hammered with the potential significant other and watch a terrible film that you don't have to pay attention to if you don't want to pay attention to, but become engrossed in the plot of the fucking Zombievers. <laughs> Which I now have a poster of. Which you now have a poster of. And I, I shared it to my mom because it's a woman crawling backwards in a bikini, which is in the film when she's trying to you know climb away, away from the beaver, but the beaver's going like right between her legs. It's a whole double entendre. It's a giant sex joke. But uh, I, I got it for you to like commemorate the movie. Completely missed the sexual innuendo <laughs> of the poster. I sent a picture of that poster to my mother. My mother it's like was like, palsy. "Brett, I get it. You have sex." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "You couldn't buy her a heart ring. You buy a little." You know. Uh, you called no. Yeah, I think you called me after you bought it too. Like, so excited. You were like, I found the most perfect gift ever. <laughs> and you're like, so excited about it. And I had, like, wasn't remotely what was on my mind yeah. when I opened it. And I, I think I laughed for like 10 straight minutes the day I opened it. I was just like, that is, where do you even find it that? It is perfect. It is the best gift I've ever purchased. It's, a, it's <laughs> fucking fantastic. But, um, it's been our, uh, pep talk too it's not just uh we're making fun of the bad movies like we're trying to find the positives in the bad movies but then also somebody somewhere paid to produce that paid to make it Zombievers was on netflix i didn't buy this third hand in some back alley from some college student who needs pot money so Zombievers has become our motivational cry to if they can do it so can we fuck it we can and so can you and guess what a bunch of mistakes were made cheers (laughs) part three i hope you guys are drinking along with us and ignoring the traffic and the dishwasher in the background and the thumping on the table Mm -hmm. (laughs) hey we've come leaps and bounds I've got tiny tablecloths. <laughs> but we're back down to one mic. 
Do what? It's a, we're, we're back down to one mic, but I got tiny tablecloths. You guys missed that whole joke because you weren't here because I didn't know what I was doing with the microphones. Um, I was like, Kristen, we need to, you know, pad the table because it, Otherwise, all the other episodes sounded like this happening over and over again. But I, uh, I was like, go in the drawer and get the tiny tablecloth. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she was like, what the fuck is a tiny tablecloth? <laughs> It's like, it's like, why would a person have a tiny tablecloth for starters? She's expecting to like maybe I've got a Christmas thing. I thought thing. a placemat. Yeah, I yeah. Thought a place <laughs> mat. Like maybe Brett's got a little cars mat that once he puts a year. on the thing. You know, he just sits there and eats his no. dinner like a fucking five. Tiny tablecloth. No, tiny tablecloth. Translation: oven mitts is what. Yeah. <laughs> little square oven mitts are not tablecloths. No. No. I've been living alone too long. Or potholders, even. You could. I, would I don't ex- hold my pot on tiny tablecloths. Well, that's what these are, though. <laughs> it's a marijuana joke. <laughs> like, you'd lose all kinds of weed if you tried to grind up weed on your tiny tablecloth. <laughs> Oven mitt. Good way to get baked. Ooh. God damn, I'm funny. On a roll. <clears throat> um, so anyway, Two Star Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> What we're hoping to do is we're going to come to you guys uh, once a week with a, a new film that hopefully you can sit down and listen to with your significant other. Uh, the one that we watch that we're getting ready to record a podcast for is The Eye, correct? That's, the uh, that's not the first one we did, but it's no, the one okay. we just did. That's the one that we just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that we've already got in the chamber that needs to be edited is... Most Likely to Die. Most Likely to Die. So if you guys want to go on Netflix any point this week or next week or next month uh, at the rate that we know what the fuck we're doing. I would suggest that you watch um, Most Likely to Die and enjoy it. Enjoy it. You guys make your own jokes about the whole situation. Kristen and I will come on here. We'll, we've already recorded it, so I already know what we talked about. Um, and, and do like a... I, I call it a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> Really make you question all the big questions. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say that there were issues, there were mistakes that were indeed made. <laughs> <laughs> to their credit, though, neither of them have been the worst film we've watched. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, after the um, most likely to die one, we watched, it was Jessica Alba, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in The Eye. Which I, I thoroughly enjoyed and that we've still got to record that, that, that podcast for. Um, so if you want to go ahead and watch those two and um, when we get the two stars rolling. I, I, it, can you help me explain this? Because I'm doing a terrible job. Explain what? What the two star two star. I keep rambling about it. We did. Because um, it's basically the point behind two star Tuesdays is... We're purposely watching films that aren't particularly well loved mm-hmm. to a um, see what lessons can be learned from them. Like oh, when you fuck up, you know, go big or go home. So what's <laughs> what's to be learned from the really miserable mistakes? Yeah. And then also um, most likely to die. Like if you're gonna put the shed that far away from the house. <laughs> better rip some bitch's head right off of her shoulders. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, but, but also, 
because, uh, I mean, these aren't necessarily independent-level films, but they're not blockbuster films either. You know, they're lower-budget mm. films. So when you don't have as big a budget to play with, like, what risks can you take? And, like, what lessons can we learn from both the positives and the negatives and of what they've done? how far can you take it on yeah. a next-to-nothing budget? Yeah. So it, it's a bigger budget than we had for the dolls but you know like it's sure. it's uh we had 25 dollars <laughs> at a pawn shop <laughs> it's it's <laughs> closer to our level of filmmaking like what lessons can we take from this like mm-hmm. what can be learned what can we laugh at like because we submitted our own film to a podcast that reviewed our own film and had a solid laugh at ourselves yeah. so just kind of in general like what lessons can you learn but i think they took it a lot more serious than i plan on taking them Oh yeah, they, they yeah. were like, "No, we're actually trying to help you." And I'm like, "I just, <laughs> I, I, I am blown away that somebody believed in you this hard." And Kristen <laughs> is, you know, more the academic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun segment, like watching ridiculous films and seeing what we can learn from them, and then. Um, our regular podcast content like these are just uh like fun little asides that we want to do our regular podcast content will feature our own work um brett will be workshopping short stories with other writers we'll be doing scripts and shooting films and kind of doing podcasts about what we've learned from our own actual work and then ideally having other creative people like come guests appear on the podcast and talk about their that, insights that'll be a lot of fun yeah. i'm really looking forward to getting there because mm-hmm. um i've already got a submission for our first short story just waiting on freddie to finish everything up um he's excited about it I, I would love to be able to bring the writers into the room and just say hey you know especially you know um people that think that they could do it but have never really given it a chance or there was nobody there really that believed that they could do it I think personally for me you know would be um, the most enjoyable part get them on the podcast and talk to them like a writer like interview college kids who are just starting to feel this thing out and kind of get them to expand on hey where are you it's like I remember being stuck at certain points mm-hmm. and then how a conversation might have fixed it. And this might sound weird if you're not a writer, um, but you tend to get stuck in patterns like when you're reading certain people, you know, at, at early on at least. You start to emulate a lot of what they were doing inside of your work down to sentence structure, you know. Um, like reading... Chuck Palahniuk is where I picked up my love for fractures that I've never <laughs> truly lost. And then, where did the uh, hyphen come from? The, I could not tell you. <laughs> the hyphen, I think, is just my own thing. Like I, <laughs> I, I've tried really hard to figure out my my love for the hyphen. I got stuck on semicolons for six months, and it almost ruined my life. <laughs> I was like, I'm writing the world's longest sentences. <laughs> you read the whole story and you're like holy shit there's two semicolons there but it would would slow the pace down the problem was I knew how to slow it down and I didn't know how to gear it back in Mm -hmm. 
And so, like, talking about stuff like that, I think, would be fun. Yeah. Or the high school kids. It's one of those things that we've discussed. You know? Like, um, if you're 16 years old right now and your parents don't think that you can be a writer, they don't think you can be a filmmaker, they don't think you can be a painter, if they don't think that there's any money in podcasting, you're listening to this. And we're here for you. And I think at one point in our lives, we were both those people. Yeah. So, to a level... To answer the question you didn't ask on this one. <laughs> Why does Brett Bloom write? Why does Brett Bloom write? Because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Kristen make film? Uh, because the real world sucks. The real world is not fun. <laughs> having a nine to five or a seven to nine or whatever. Seven to seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I didn't get into this game to have a boss, which I guess brings us full circle. Um, I don't, we, we don't need somebody telling us what to do. We run this shit. We figure it out as we go along. We're going to make mistakes regardless, right? No, I, I, I think what we're doing is good. I hope what we're doing is good. I think that it's valuable at all stages of the creative process because... Nobody asked the rookie. Like, hardly ever, you know? Like, it, it, there's a, a benefit to the college classroom. There's a benefit to the sage advice of the rebel who went out there and burned the town down and did this whole show by themselves. But you're getting the advice of 40 or 50 year old people whose spark is not necessarily gone, but they're not burning with that desperation that they once, you know, it's used to fuel them through their days. And it's. I loved Stephen King's on writing. I've read it multiple times. There's definitely lessons that can be learned from books like that. But what I would love more than anything is to be able to sit Stephen King down at the age of 22. When he's <laughs> in the trenches. Before he's fucking kicking complete amounts of ass and go, hey, your phone bill goes out next week. Why are you still sitting behind that typewriter? Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say a second ago. Like, I think it's valuable at all levels of, or all stages, I guess, of, like, the creative process, too, because um, I can't go back to teenage me, or mm-hmm. you can't go back to teenage you, but there was a moment. Do it on the nightly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to Blink-182 right now, bitch. <laughs> Literally, though. Um like there was a moment I'm sure for both of us as teenagers where it was like oh like people don't believe in me you know like you're trying to stick it to the man as a teenager and then like that hopeful ambition behind um going to college or starting a production company or any of that where you're like yeah this is like me really doing it but the reality is like I think the initial deciding to commit is probably the hardest hurdle you have to jump in the first place because you have to decide whether or not you think it's personally worth it but like we are running this production company we do have 
you know, a film that we've done and more films that we're working on and you have stories that you're working on, but the it's story not... story that just came out. Yeah, a story that you just published, but it's not like at this stage in our life, like we've both now earned degrees and we know a little bit more what we're doing and we're a little less rookie, but it's not like we're suddenly... You're never going to know everything that there is to know, mm-hmm. you know, even at 40, 50. Like, I, I would hope that I'm still like trying to learn yeah. and trying to advance so Learned invaluable things in those screenwriting classes yeah but i didn't see them in action until i was there working with you you know go out in the woods and get audio you know go out in the woods and hang yourself Stab from the yourself. tree and put a fucking limb through your hand mistakes are made but i mean that's that's what i'm getting at is like we're still in that even now that we're mm-hmm. more accomplished than we were as a teenager, we're still in that phase of trying to figure things out and trying to learn things. And there are still going to be days where you have doubts or I have doubts and like all the time. Yeah, for sure. Like having that insight, I guess, to but the fact, yeah. no, you're fine. The fact that I guess we're not going to like sit back and get comfortable at any yeah. stage. You can't. That's what kills people. <laughs> you sit back and you put your dream in a shelf or on a shelf or in a drawer. Those were the two things I was trying to say there. Put your dream in a drawer, you know. Um, and then it becomes a hobby. And then it becomes a thing that you used to do. And uh, Kristen knows me. <laughs> I... I I take this very seriously. Like, uh, it's all I talk about. It's all I think about. I, we die one way or the other. You know, I can't imagine trying to do anything else except write. Like, I can't wrap my head around my what I'm forever afraid of, that fucking accounting job. There's no way. Well, I think there's also a flip side to that, too. Like, the more extreme version is obviously, like, you give up entirely and go get a regular day job. I'd have to go get a whole new degree. I would have to commit to say fuck writing. (laughs) I was just saying, like, that's, like, the more extreme, like, version of giving up. Like, you get a day job that's not remotely related to... um, what you wanted to do but then Brett and I have also had this discussion like we've both very recently graduated from college so like that trying to find a day job that's in the vein of what we want to do just to pay the bills while we're still getting our own feet off the ground and like that's Mm -hmm. still a trap in itself like do you forever end up working as a copy editor or do I forever end up getting a job making corporate videos and like there are levels of comfort that are traps that you can fall into and like that's why and how long are we going to invest in these quote unquote toys <laughs> yeah. how long are we going to keep this you know yeah. this ball rolling for and I, I, I would trade the next 10 years of not making a fucking dime off of this as long as I knew that I was doing it a couple of times a week like I can't imagine a life where I'm working somewhere that I'm connected to where I don't 
outside of the paycheck and maybe a handful of people that I know. I don't love, you know, the job. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm working. This is work. What we're doing right now is our career. Does it feel anything like clocking in at 7 o'clock in the morning? No. Feel anything it like doesn't. clocking out at 7 o'clock at night? It does not. What's it feel Feel like? anything like waiting up till 9 o'clock to make dinner till I get home? No. <laughs> not at No, side. we're having... Oh, Karen text me. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, uh... The dream. I'll fill it. Yes. Thank you. Not a problem. Um, <clears throat> my apologies, just off the bat. This can go on. This cannot go on. Um, for all the background noise, once again, mistakes were made. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, I live next to a business, or we live next. I'm sorry. I've lived here by myself so long. I'm not okay. used to the we yet. We live next to a busy highway. Um, I've got a dog who is thoroughly exhausted, but you just heard him lay down on the floor. Uh, his name is Jack, so you might hear him slurping at different points uh, from his water Thumping bowl or, or farting snoring. or snoring in the background. And then we got two cats, Winston Churchill and Max. And uh, so it, my apologies, we're still working out how to uh, soundproof a lot of this stuff. Again, if you know how to do that, please write into us. Let us know what you you know need us to do. Can we give some contact information that maybe boost out? Your email, sister on the way. Uh, nightmareboxproductions.gmail, or dot gmail, sorry. Nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. And do you got like the Instagram and stuff? Do you know that off the top of Nightmareboxpro. <laughs> I think the Instagram is Nightmare Box Productions. Give me one second. Mm -hmm. That's what smartphones are good for. Uh, the Instagram is at Nightmare Box Productions, and then the Twitter, I believe, is Nightmare Box Pro. Let me double check that. But hit us up. Um, if you got any films, like if you guys have recently seen a film that you think deserves a two star review, like just some what the fuck that I just. And not Sharknado. I'm not going into Sharknado. Sharknado's. <laughs> I've that, watched it. Uh, me too. It's its own disaster, but it's been covered. Um, well, there's uh, a meme out there. It is uh, the Twitter is Nightmare Box Pro. By the way, before I forget, there's a meme out there that says uh, it's like a motivate or demotivational, motivational meme <laughs> type thing where it's like uh, someone sat in a boardroom somewhere and pitched tornadoes and sharks as a combination. So, if they know. can do it, we can do it. That's right. Well, I don't really know where to go from here. Is your sister on the way? Mm -hmm. She is. So okay. we probably need to say goodnight. Okay. Um, so I guess like in closing. If you're still out there. If you're still out there, if you've not fallen asleep or given up on me or deleted me from the social media because you don't you know, like us anymore. <laughs> this is the introduction episode to Mistakes Were Made brought to you by the Nightmare Box Please bear with us while we figure out what the fuck we're doing. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think this is going to go in a lot of really interesting directions. If you're a writer or a filmmaker or a painter or you make a weird thing, you know, like Shelby made these incredible lamps that have skulls and baby heads. If you're capable of any of that, and you want to be a part of this, just reach out to us and we'll see if we can't work something out. 
but bear with us because I hardly know how to open my email, so there's going to be a lot of mistakes. And Do you have any final words? That's my, that's my upstairs neighbor beating the shit out of his wife <laughs> with his two children. <laughs> um, no, I, I guess my, my final thought is going to be a cliche. You know, it's about... Dr. The, Phil moment, my final thought. <laughs> it's about the journey, not the destination, so... Here's to the journey. Here's to the journey. Here's to the mistakes that were made and the ones that we will make in the very near future. (laughs) I love you guys. Good night. And I'll see you later.